Welcome to The Last Rung, a light-hearted podcast for the self-employed, getting to the heart of the many influences that can help you to thrive in your solo life and make the switch from an employed to a self-employed mindset. Unedited and uncensored, the inspirational chats with those who have taken the leap will provide realistic actions for you to take away, the chance to learn from others' experiences and help you see that you are not alone, even when working from the spare bedroom in your PJs and fluffy slippers and you haven't left the house for days. I'm Helen Hill, author of Falling Off the Ladder, owner of learning design business Unlikely Genius, business coach and co-founder of environmental initiative Be The Future. I'm now on a mission to help the self-employed really embrace the freedom that allows them to be fully themselves, to thrive and to leap off the last rung of the career ladder for the final time. Come and say hello at fallingofftheladder.com or over on Instagram where you can find me as Falling Off The Ladder. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you like this episode. But first, let's introduce you to this week's guest. Welcome to episode three of The Last Rung. Today we have travel addict, freelance coach and psychologist Nick Doherty. She escaped the nine to five 15 years ago to create a business she can run from anywhere in the world, having clocked up 66 countries already. Now she's helping others to do the same and create a life on their own terms. I'm really excited to talk to Nick as we connected on Instagram a few months back and I've loved following her adventures, the development of her business, her beautiful new branding and our random messages. Though we've never even spoken until today, she's just one of those people I feel I've clicked with. So with no further waffle, welcome Nick, how are you doing? Helen, thank you. What a lovely introduction. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like you're so well already. Yeah, I'm doing really good. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I think, um, I mean, this is going out in the new year, but we're recording it in the sort of roll up to Christmas. where Everything's a bit delirious. Right, isn't it? it gets to that time of year. A little bit. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed Amazon doesn't come. Like, I've ordered so much stuff last minute. Like, <laughs> I was bound to ring at some point, but fingers crossed. Oh, always. It was. It's the window cleaner for me. It's twice now in recording podcasts that he's just suddenly started squeaking on the window. <laughs> love it. It's freelance life. It's fine. So before we begin, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and what it is you do? Yeah, sure. So you said, so I'm the freedom coach. So I break free from nine to five and there's been a lot of ups and downs over the years, a lot more downs to start with. I didn't have a clue what I was doing and kind of like everything was all over the place with no strategy. But yeah, things have been going really well for a few years now. And I started to coach other free, other potential freelancers, so other people in the nine to five to break free and to freelance last year. So during the pandemic, I've seen it as my opportunity to do that. So whilst I do that, yeah, I'm a research psychologist. So I manage research projects that have got um, a psychology element. So they're looking at like psychological implications of various different things. And I manage that as well. So a bit of freelancing, a bit of coaching, and the two work together so, so well. Yeah, I didn't realise you did that, actually, the research psychology. That was really interesting. Oh, yeah. So is that how you actually started off then, you say, and, and you kind of built your sort of travelling nomad life while doing that? Yeah, yeah, well, I didn't quite start off doing this. This has been like progression over the time. Right. I started off doing anything I could get my hands on because yeah. I felt... That was all I could do. We're talking like 15 years ago. Like I was just so grateful. I didn't even know it was an option. I went traveling and um, found like people, very few, but some people with like big old clunky laptops in hostels, like back in 2006. And I was like, 
what are they doing? Like, is like what, what's going on with this laptop? And then realised that this whole lifestyle was possible. Like, I had no idea before. So I just did anything I could get my hands on to start with, to be honest. And also just like applied for like existing roles that were out there. So there were data entry, did some like teaching English and did a few things. And it wasn't until around kind of eight, nine years ago, I started to get much more well, hang on a minute, here's my skills, here's my experience, here's my background, and started to like be able to create and shape what I wanted myself. So it's been like a progression, but I've consistently been doing this for seven years now. Wow, yeah, I mean, you make a good point about the laptops. So between the laptops and the size of the mobiles back then, that would have been your whole like travel allowance for your baggage, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just like lugging this brick around. <laughs> Love it. Way before the days of Wi-Fi, you're talking yeah. kind of like, dial up it would be so yeah take oh ages. gosh yeah I'm trying to do that in random because I remember when I went traveling in 2005 it was hard enough to find the, the internet a lot of the time and yeah you'd have to sit and wait for the dial up for like 20 minutes with a brew while <laughs> I'll get yeah. busy while it was doing it oh I love yeah. it that's great so yeah I mean you've had quite a mixed start to your career then I mean you're like I have of doing kind of all sorts of bits but then it it's great how it suddenly comes together sometimes, but you quit your nine to five without a plan, didn't you? Yeah. So you, you just decided to kind of face those fears and leap. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and when we say without a plan, I didn't even know that morning that I would, by the afternoon I was going to quit. Like I literally like <laughs> went, to, it was like zero plan. Like I went to work. Wow. Just sat there like, what am I doing? I think I was really hungover as well. I'd just gone through a breakup. I was living back with my parents. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? And my friend and I always decided right after uni, we're going to go traveling. And we were both like, right, we're going to save up X amount of money. We're going to travel. Then we'd meet up like, have you saved any money? No. And there was like, no. And I, I was just fed up in work. And I just thought, what am I doing with my life? I hate this job. I hate this office. I just don't want to be doing this. And I was like daring myself, like I was there slightly, slightly hungover, like, oh, I'm just going to start typing my notice and see what happens. Then I just did it. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to I'm just going to do it. And I started looking at flights and, you know, the seed was planted a while ago, but there was no like the, I'm going to do it on X day. Yeah, I, just, I did it. I printed it off in the office printer, literally got it. So I did it. <laughs> Talking straight to my manager, and she's like, "Oh, have you thought about this carefully?" I'm like, "No, but like, no, this, this is my decision." Yeah. So there was like zero plan, and I always thought, "Right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go travelling, and I'll come back and I'll just get another job." Mm-hmm. Like I genuinely didn't know that there was like different opportunities out there. So my plan was get another nine to five job, but just take some time out and travel and do different things. And it wasn't until I was away, and like I mentioned, when I was like backpacking. I've seen these people like on their laptops and a bit, and it's very different to being on the laptop now. You know, you can kind of get your nice light laptop and stick it anywhere you want. But it, the, the seed was planted and there was no way, once that was planted, there's no way I could ever go back to nine to five and I haven't since then. So, no, I, I'm the same. And because I mean, I, didn't know I was going to quit the day I did, but it had been building and it was just, there was, you know, this one final thing that pushed me over the edge and it was like, no, nah, not, not taking it anymore. And I, you know, handed my notice in and left, but I was approached about my first contracting role. And I thought, oh yeah, that'll just be a filler till I get another 95 or, you know, while I pick myself back up. And, but it's funny, like you say, that seed then working in a contracting role for myself, just suddenly I was like, oh, hello, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there were still challenges with that contract, but I can't 
ever envisage making that return now. It's just, I do call myself unemployable now because I absolutely am full time wise. I just cannot, I can't go back to that. And I think once you've experienced the freedom, the flexibility and stuff, it's, it's a very different mindset, isn't it? Yeah, and you know what? I agree. I'm completely unemployable now for sure. Like, no, like, even though, like, I might do that amount of hours, like, across coaching and freelancing across a week sometimes, like, it's it's having that choice. Like, when I take a day off, like, anytime I want, I can choose the hours. And that freedom and flexibility is, like, absolutely everything to me. So, yeah, like, this just <laughs> it would just never work. No, no. We'd just be too stubborn now, wouldn't we? Like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. Yeah. No, you can't tell me to work at that time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. So with the way you did that then and you quit with what minute's notice, did you find that the fears that you had about making that leap were very different then? Or do you think they were what a lot of us still experience about the money, the flexibility, and not the flexibility, the money and the security and all that side of things? Yeah, I still had. So there was definitely like a period of time where I wanted to quit, but I didn't. So when I say mm. there was a plan and it was spur of the moment, but that seed was planted before. Yeah. yeah you know what? I was worried what my parents would think. It's kind yeah. of like my parents have been like hard work. I mean, gosh, if I knew then what I know now, they're very much like just live your life and do what you want. But I was really worried, like, what are they going to think? And I've gone to university and I've tried to like do all the right things and tick all these boxes. And really, this isn't the life for me. So that was the main thing. And also money, like how, you know, how am I going to be able to survive? And, yeah. and stuff like that. But as soon as I made that leap, I just had this like belief that it would work out. And I don't mean 100% I believed that it could absolutely perfectly work out. I just meant there was a, there was like, this could happen, like this could, mm. this could work out. And I think if you can have that mindset where it could be possible, it could, that's all you need to kind of be like, oh, I'm just going to, that's it. I'm going to just give it a go. Oh, 100%. I think there's so many. I mean, it's not all unicorns and rainbows, is it, freelancing? You know, there's huge challenges and stuff and worries. And yeah, when you're solely responsible for getting your money in and the workout and things, it's a massive responsibility. But I do think positive mindset is huge and growth mindset and and all of that. But it, you even see it in like in the, with the pandemic and stuff like that. If people tell themselves something's going to be bad, it seems worse when something happens. Whereas if you tell yourself positive things about the actions you're taking, I do think it totally switches your mindset and your approach to it. But, yeah, it really yeah. does. And like tell ourselves like there's absolutely no way it could be possible. Like there's no way it ever will be possible because we'll just be focusing on like all the reasons why it's not possible. But as soon yeah. as there's a a glimmer like that little switch that's like mm, maybe it could be possible you start to see like there's so many opportunities around us but you don't yeah. see when you're in that mindset where you're like it's not possible so yeah that is like yeah so- I think something that helps with that which it sounds like you're similar with me with this is just that you keep yourself open to stuff as well instead of thinking I am this role whether it's a graphic designer or copywriter whatever it might be and really sticking within your niche tightly and all of that I think that really shuts you down to certain opportunities. I think it is great that you can say to colleagues, you are so specialised in it. But at the same time, I've always been like, oh, I'll give that a go and I'll do this. And oh, yeah, why not? You know, it's not something I'm used to doing. Like at the moment, I'm doing video editing and stuff. It's not my specialism. It's not what I thought I was taking on for this project. But actually, I've learned this skill that now is coming in great for other things. So yeah. yeah. I, I'm very much 
you know, and I'm not one of these that will say that I can do something and take a project on like, and just learn it overnight or something. I, that would stress me out. But I have had to learn new things. And I think that's made a big difference in the projects I get, really, and, and my portfolio, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's it. When people try and find, like, oh, what skills have I got that could be suitable for freelancing? Like, mm. This misconception that you have to have like this really specific set of skills that no one really knows even what they are, and you just yeah. don't. You just have to have a skill or several skills that other people need, so they're yeah. happy to pay for them, and then package that up however you want. You can work across loads of different company, loads of different clients doing different things, the same things, really niche down, keep it wide. And you know what? Keeping it wide at the very beginning, like what I did, and by the sounds, what you're still doing, like. It was so good because it really made me realise what I do enjoy and what I don't enjoy. And over yeah. the years, I've niched down because for me, I've n- I do know what I do enjoy. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very much niching down a little bit this year because I've been taking so much on, in, like you say, such a variety that I've really struggled with some projects and they've just not been my thing. So I am niching a little bit, but still into about five or six areas rather than you know any industry. I don't want to write about. Uh, GDPR and things like that anymore. Thank you. I've done enough of that. <laughs> Bored of that one. Um, yeah, and it, I think it does. It do, you do get to a point where you've got the confidence to say, "No, that's not for me." Or, but the great thing about freelancing is you can pass it on to other people, can't you? And that's yeah, really helps build your network. Yeah, and that's that what, network is so important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and it's so lovely and you know the, the, you see all these connections really being built with freelancers pairing up and co- collaborating on projects or passing on and and it, it is a really great place to be I think and it also helps remove that doubt I think for yourself as well of getting things in once you've built this little network as well and you see things coming in from different routes don't you yeah yeah true. love it yeah so a big Turning point for me in this mindset and the positive thing, positive mindset as well, was understanding my values. So I very much established these from from the negative experiences, actually, and realizing what I hated about working for others. And I turned them into positive values for my company. Like I really value things like flexibility, creativity, being yourself. It's a huge mm-hmm. one for me after being told I wasn't allowed to be myself. Um, and I've seen you recently talk about your values and they resonated with me. So you can, can you tell us more about those and how they've helped your business? Yeah, for sure. And I think in terms of my, yeah, my business, it's it's like, you, you probably find like, they're so just ingrained in who I am. And like, my business is just me. So like my actual personal values are just my business values in general, because yeah. it's how, it's how I live my life. And like, so yeah, it's like, what helps me make the decisions that I make in life and in business and what steers me. So my number one value is freedom, which I don't think will come yeah. as much as <laughs> That to me is, I mean, freedom, you can define it however you, however you want, but like my definition of freedom is the flexibility to completely be myself, to do what I want when I, when I want and to learn what, what works for me and what doesn't. And also that flexibility and freedom in terms of working when, when and where I want. And that's so, so, so important to me. Like that, and actually like I've learned over the years, like, when I first started freelancing, I was like, right, I've got the freedom to work anywhere in the world. And to me, that was all that mattered. And I was like, great, like big tick in that freedom box. But I didn't yeah. really have freedom because I wasn't really like doing work that I really like, inspired me. I was working really, really long hours. Um, and it wasn't like 
it, it wasn't really truly freedom, but it kind of yeah. ticked that box. I think like even though that value has been like consistent, my definition of my shape and around what it actually means to me has changed. And it's like not just about where I work anymore. It's about everything that that can possibly bring to my life and what I can bring to that as well to make it more free. free. So that's a massive like value of freedom but yeah collab collaborating like, I love working with others and working with my clients and the quality I mean there's just so many values that really just help me to make a decision and whenever I now work with a new client like these values are at the forefront it's like right yeah. do I want to work with them can I get the freedom and all that kind of stuff and having that it really shapes my boundaries as well because before I took on like any work I do yep. any work any money I'd work all the hours in the world and I'd say yes 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 to everything and it completely went against all that whereas now really knowing all my values it really helps me to know right I'm going to say no to this one yes to this opportunity and get really aligned yeah I hadn't thought of that the fact that there was like different interpretations of freedom because like you say actually I'm free from the workplace now but I have chained myself with working too many hours and always being at this desk. And yeah, that's a whole different thing I hadn't really thought of there. I'm just still, I'm still elated from the escape from, from the toxic <laughs> workplace, I think, to, to worry about yeah. that one yet. But saying that in the new year, um, mm. I am going to be changing my working hours and really segmenting my days. So because I have many, many projects on, you know, Monday to Wednesday will be client work for learning design, a day's coaching and a day of be the future and book PR and stuff, just to really, I think, help that constant uh, context switching in your head as well, which is exhausting actually, <laughs> and trying to juggle too many people in the same day. But uh, yeah, that, I, I'm going to have to get thinking about that one with mine now because I think freedom was one of my values and I might need to update the uh, the little <laughs> sentence next to that now. But yeah, yeah. but it, I mean, something like where you were saying there as well about, it, you know, this whole thing of redefining your own set, so, <laughs> success. Let's get me words out. I said the wrong thing there, didn't I? Um, that is a... A huge, powerful thing as well, I think, for freelancers, isn't it? The the idea of, you know, like your whole lifestyle now challenges that societal norm of you must go to university, get married with two kids and a dog and have a mortgage by the time you're 25 and work your way up the career ladder. And yeah. you've redefined that very well, haven't you, for yourself, that what success means to you now? Yeah, for sure. And you know what? It's come over time because to me, that's that was what success looked like. Like yeah. I genuinely thought when I was in my early 20s, like I'd be married, I'd have a couple of kids, I'd have this house, like, I'd have this stable job, stable job in kind of like quotation marks. Yeah. And and that's what, yeah, but that wasn't actually really what I wanted. It was no. what I felt that I should have. So yeah, I like, I just decided to kind of do my own thing. And like, I'm so, so grateful that from a really young age, like in my life, I've made a really big decision. Like I become mm. a vegetarian at the age of five. My parents were meat eaters, but they're like really supporting that decision. I've made like yeah. steps life that almost testing the water I guess without intending to where I'm like oh okay I'm accepted for being myself I can't I told my mum that I was gay when I was seven like oh wow. you know yeah like really young and I mean yeah. I, I meant it like I was so like yeah. these things are like the way that I guess like 
deep down, I probably should have known that I would have been accepted no matter what a lifestyle. But you just look around and like, it's what other people do. And it obviously makes so many people happy. If, if it does brilliant, like go for it. But it just wasn't my path at all. So, no. um, yeah. But well, I, did, it, I mean, I, go on, sorry. No, I was going to say like I bought a house. I thought that was the right thing to do like 10 years ago. So even those freelancing mm. and stuff, I bought this house and I was like, but I'm in the process of selling it, but I've got to buy it and it's all going to go through wow. the next few weeks. Because I'm like, that 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 meant success to me 10 years ago, but that doesn't mean success to me anymore. Success means, oh, I can just live wherever I want. And that, that to me now is my new definition of success. Whereas before it was like owning a house. Um, yeah, no, that's... That's, that's totally understandable, especially with, like you say, when you've got this lifestyle where, you know, your aim is to travel and move around. But I, I totally see what you mean about like that. We're told so much through education, through society that like you should follow this path and you should be in this house and married and all of that, that you do feel like the odd one out and like there's something wrong, don't you? If you are looking around and everyone else in your network and your friends and your family have done that thing, yeah and you've not you start to think oh maybe there is something wrong with me 100% yeah I remember my, like, when I was I used to well still do less so obviously over the past couple of years but travel so much and one of my really good friends like she's still really really good friends by this day but she her, her words were what's wrong with you why do you want to travel? why do you want to travel and then it was like why don't do you not like us like why do you want to be with other people you know travel and see the world and it really stuck with me and I was like oh god and she did not mean any harm or whatever no no like what is wrong with me like why can't I like settle down and I did see that for years oh gosh there's something something actually wrong with me and now I'm like celebrating it like (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah but it really does take a lot to get to that place doesn't it but like I say I was pushed down for years and I was very much told outright don't be yourself Helen you will never make anything of yourself unless you pretend to be someone else and that is a real thing of I mean it, it now I can look back and see that's a reflection on the person that said it to me um yeah. and how she felt about herself and all of that but at the time it was devastating you know yeah. especially when I was you know, really on the brink of feeling awful and stuff. But now, yeah, I can be myself. And I don't care if people say I shouldn't be jumping around with a bunny hat on or, you know, yeah. prancing around in my sloth pyjamas on a call or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> that's your business. You know, that's your yeah. problem, not mine. As long as I do my work, <laughs> do it, whatever yeah. I like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not. But it's still, you know, it stays with you for a while, doesn't it, until you yeah. realise, like it's not about you it's about them and you manage to make that shift but mm-hmm. I think it stops people from living the life that they want to live because they're yeah. so scared these like little actions and different things that people say over the years that it might just be a throwaway comment for someone but we take it on board and we're like oh no yeah. like what's wrong with me yeah I mean we we've had constant questions about me, me and Graham have been together 10 and a half years now why are you not married why are you not married are you, are you not going to bother having kids I'm like well for a start it's not your business and second of all things have changed you don't have to be married before you live together and not everybody wants kids and, and you know they don't even know if there's a medical reason or something you know it could be any reason so don't, I wouldn't have a dream of probing people but I do think it shows how ingrained it is in those people that like if you're in a group of friends and you're the only ones that aren't married with two kids they start looking at you a bit like what's going on what's going on? <laughs> yeah they do yeah I'm typically these days 
pretty often one of the only single people in my friends. We went out for like Christmas meal the other day and it was wonderful. But it's like couples, 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 and me like at the end of the table. But I'm surrounded by people that I live. But yeah, it's kind of like, oh gosh, like is the, you know, am I feeling like I'm not fitting in and whatever? And I have to question it and be like, but then yeah, kind of stick. This is what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm comfortable with my decision. But yeah. Was there a key thing that helped you switch to feeling more comfortable with that? Or do you think it just, it was just a building of experiences and time that helped you kind of think, no, you know, I'm in a good place and happy. Yeah. I think it was actually talking to people that, Mm. that said me the most and that closest to me so they could understand my perspective and I don't think that that's necessarily something that everybody has to do or whatever, but it was just really important for me to kind of like, you know, people making assumptions over why don't you want to do this or like having kids is the best decision I've ever made. Like, why would you not want to do that? And, and like, I, brilliant. Like it was the best decision that you ever made for you, but it's not, you know, not my decision. And I think speaking like from my own perspective about, again, my values, what's really important to me, what makes me happy, what type of life I want to create. And these are people that love and accept me no matter what, but I think them getting to see, ah, oh, so this is, this is who you are and what's really important to, to you. Managed yeah. to kind of make me just feel more relaxed. And, you know, I think a lot of the time it was these expectations I'd put on myself as well from just being in this society. And I'd think people would maybe think things or something, even though there were definitely some throwaway comments, but how much of it was my own beliefs from growing up in the society that expects that, that I projected onto, yeah, thinking that people thought this about me, but. Yeah. Well, I think you can take quite a defensive approach at first, can't you? When people ask you these questions, but like you say, you've got to just get to the point where you explain it in a way of actually this is, what's important rather than I'll do it in my own time or, you know, <laughs> we'll <Yeah>. see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I think I can see that I did that for a long time. got really defensive about it, but um, now I'm much more just like, eh, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it's, you know, it's yeah. our choice. So yeah, sure. yeah. You get back to changing nappies and I'll, <laughs> well, clean the rabbits. <laughs> That's my version of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Very diva ones. Easier to have a child, I think. Are they diva? Oh, yeah, they're very diva. And Graham says it's my own problem, uh, my own making, because like I've pampered them to death since we got them. But um, yeah, they're, they're little madams. <laughs> totally the boss of us. So, <laughs> so oh, well, moving on, something you mentioned as well about was, you know, obviously given that so much of your business is related to travel and also your clients trying to get that freedom and travel, how has things like the pandemic and Brexit affected you? Because obviously that's been so huge for so many people, but it, you know, like I say, it's not just affecting you, is it? It's your clients as well. Yeah. So from a freelancing perspective, my own freelancing work, it's not impacted anything at all. Right. I manage projects that are going to happen and keep going on regardless of regardless of um the pandemic we found solutions to kind of overcome that as best as we can but from a from a like a client point of view in fact more people have come to me i think because Uh, it made people question right i've been told that i have to work in an office for my whole career i have to be there there's no way i could possibly ever work at home and of course 
not everyone, but quite a lot of people have been working from home and realise like that could be anywhere. Like that laptop could be absolutely anywhere. So I think that's opened some opportunities for people to think actually there's a different way to work. And like, you know, everyone, they would have been convinced they had to go to the office, their boss would have been convinced. And that's just not how it has to be. So there's certainly been people that come to me that wouldn't have perhaps come to me pre-pandemic where their mind has been opened up to potential opportunities out there. Um, In terms of the travel, yeah, like, I mean, obviously it kind of makes things much more difficult. Just got to be much more mindful. Don't think it's impossible. I think right now with everything that's going on, I've kind of, I'm not thinking about travel so much at the moment, but, but hopefully if things start to get a little bit better again in the new year, like they did last year. Yeah. um, your face doesn't look too convinced. I'm just praying for holidays so bad. <laughs> just oh, yeah, you haven't had one for a while, have you? No, like over two years now. So. Yeah, there's definitely like more obstacles. But how I travel now, I used to be like really quick traveller, like take off as many countries as I can. And now I'm much more slow. Yeah. And because I've got that flexibility, like, to me, I just break it down. Right, first step is to get the flight. Second, get the negative test. Third, be on the flight and arrive in the country. And then once I'm in the country, I can stay there for as little or as long as I want. And that's kind of how I do it. So I break it down and just focus on that that first bit. Then once I'm there, relax into it and kind of do, you know, go with the flow, really, I guess. I think that's what you have now at the moment you know these kind of before around the world trips or you'd have everything set in stone and booked and it would go together more or less like clockwork I mean it just doesn't no yeah no that's a good point actually because I've always been like that and we were due to go to Romania just after the pandemic hit and you know I'd really I'd scheduled it all with the trains and the flights and the everything and hotel in each place because we were going to do a tour of Transylvania and yeah, that's very much like the kind of holidays we've had recently. We did that in Norway, traveling through the country. And yeah, I, it's all me doing it. He just turns up on the day, <laughs> just goes where he's told. But um, yeah, and I, like we said now that our next couple of holidays are going to have to be something much more laid back and just kind of maybe like a Greek island or something and just go and chill out and see what happens, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> as long yeah. as I get somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beforehand like you can find the countries where you know things seem to be relatively as okay as they can over there I think Greek Island's like a brilliant shout actually I did that last year and it went smoothly so yeah yeah we have done one before but anyway just warmth I just you know being in West Yorkshire all we get is rain and maybe two days sun so just a little bit of warmth would be nice just even you know France or something the little zone yeah so you mentioned uh, in somewhere when I was stalking you that um, you should come with a travel warning, which I very much um, sympathise <laughs> with this because I have many mishaps myself with travel. So can you tell us about what your some of your travel mishaps are? Oh, gosh, there's just so, so many. <laughs> What's the best one? I think the two best ones, one involves a train and one involves a plane. And I'll let you decide whether you want the plane or train story. Oh, let's go train. Train. So I was living out in Chicago. I was oh. freelancing over there. This was like 2000 and 
eight or so. And I went out for a lunch and had several cocktails. And I'm going to completely blame the rain for this story. Nothing to do with the cocktails. <laughs> like, I was running to get a train and the train doors were closing. Oh, no. And I had a few cocktails. The floor was really wet. And as I was running, I slipped and like fell between the train and the track. So like the upper body, the upper part of my body was like above the track and the lower part of my body was below the track. I've got no idea how it happened. It was in a split of a second and the doors were closing. And I just honestly seen my life flash before my eyes. Someone pressed an emergency stop button, thank goodness. So there was all these like noise and people come in and these strangers had to come and like hoist me from like in between, <laughs> in between the train <laughs> I put me on the floor. Then there was like a paramedic and this team of people oh. around. The train had to completely stand still. Like, everyone was looking at me. I didn't have a single bruise on me. Like I was completely fine. Wow. But I had to like sign a few things and sign this form. And then I had to like just just like a normal person, just walk onto the train and just sit down and take my, <laughs> just take my seat. But everyone was just looking at me. I was like, oh God, I'm so oh. sorry. This big yeah. seat, like, you know, the train falls for like half an hour whilst they check that like everything's fine. So yeah, oh. that's like, well, be glad you did it in Chicago because I did that at Leeds. <laughs> I admittedly didn't quite go down between the train and the and the platform, but I yeah, the rain it had been raining and the platform was wet and I was running to the train, slipped, went over on my ankle really badly and slammed my foot against the train. And people just stepped on me to get in on the train because it was about to go. Yeah. They left me there on the floor and stood on me. And I had to get myself to the back of the platform and there was one of those kind of covered shelters with a bit of a benchy seat in there. And I was, I was in so much pain. I'd really done a job on my ankle and nobody helped me whatsoever until eventually about 20 minutes later, a woman came over and said, do you need help? And she went and got somebody, but then they, <laughs> they wanted to send me to hospital in Leeds. And I was like, Oh no, I can't, I'm not getting Graham to drive over to Leeds. Just put me on the train and I'll get him to take me to Huddersfield at the other end. <laughs> well, they put me on the train. They had to get a guy off his, seat to get me to so I could sit down but the guy next to me started all the way back all the way to Huddersfield then going would you like me to rub your leg <laughs> would you like me to no <laughs> no <laughs> I can would you like to put your foot up on me would you <laughs> no <laughs> you like if only you went to the hospital that'd be fine. <laughs> yeah I'd have been absolutely fine <laughs> so maybe we never get a train together anywhere and it makes me even more sure that mine was all because of the rain and nothing to do with the cocktails. If you yes, the I was sober. I was, you know, going home from work. Yeah, definitely, nothing to yeah. do with the alcohol. That not that day anyway. But yeah. um, I, had to, I had to sit with my leg up in my desk drawer for about two weeks because it was the only way I could raise it while I was at work. <laughs> my crutches sat there up in my desk drawer. Such a trooper still going to work as well. Such a oh. trooper. And that's the thing, like, you still have to go, like, even with this, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have much choice, to be honest, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the stupid thing is I used to drive to work, but sometimes switched to get the train, and obviously I'd got the train when I did that, and then I had to get the train for another, like, six weeks or something. Like, oh, this isn't fair. Oh, 
Oh, gosh. Well, gosh, we've been chatting away, haven't we? So let's see. What should we, what should we say? What, what I'd like to know is what's been your highlight then of your travels and your business so far? Whether it's a place or an event or... Yeah, I'd say highlight of highlight of, of business would be it was it was seven years ago and I there was this <laughs> bit of a I'll try and make it a short story that I, I received this like potential offer for freelancing but they just wanted an informal chat and the night before I convinced myself don't do it just don't do it it's not a good fit just don't do it and that night it sounds really weird but I had a dream that told me. You, you just go for it. You've got, it's just an informal chat. You've got nothing to do. It's just go for it. So the next morning I did. And that was the start of the next seven years of continuous work uh-huh. through this same client. That one bit of like, shall I go for this? Should, shouldn't I go for this or whatever? And I think that really like listening to your intuition and like doing whatever, whatever feels good for me in my business has just always been like a proper highlight. Um, in terms of travel, it would be, I got a, a, won a scholarship whilst I was doing my PhD um, and I was freelance at the same time to go out to Brazil for six months. And then, wow. um, so I Rio de Janeiro, which is amazing, but, but part of the scholarship I had to present um, at, a, at a conference and they put all my, they translated all my slides into Portuguese, but I didn't know that they were doing that. So all my slides were in English. <laughs> <laughs> to the front of the stage, I was like, Oh my goodness! Like, luckily, I knew my work inside out. But I was like talking in English whilst it was being translated into Portuguese. It was like, but that was like a memorable bit. And just being yeah. in Brazil for six months was so incredible. Oh, that is so high up on my list. That actually, I'd love to go to Rio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just amazing. another world. I've never done so any of South America, so that is a a big thing on my list. But yeah, that's so cruel to translate. <laughs> Imagine if you hadn't known that. You just you know, mind you, if they were all Portuguese audience, you could have told a story or anything. Write a roll doll book or something. Just be like, today the twits went to <laughs> brilliant. Oh, so what's your top tip if anyone wanted to escape the nine to five and have that kind of life of freedom then what would you say I would say like kind of a little bit about what we touched on earlier that I don't think anyone or I've certainly not spoke to anyone who will leave their nine to five unless they feel a slight slight glimmer of hope that it could yeah. be possible and if they've got a plan, and of course that slight glimmer turns into a hundred percent absolute possibility that you could do this successfully if you've got the right plan in place. So I would say go out there and figure out how can you convince yourself from it's absolutely not possible at all to well, maybe it could be a little bit possible and start to explore how you could make it possible. Like talk to people who've done it, what did they do? Learn, think about your own skills, how could they be valuable to someone else? And start trying to get from that hundred percent no to hmm it could possibly be an option for me I think that's the biggest thing because without that you're going to be stuck in this place of it's absolutely not possible and being unhappy because really probably your values if you want this lifestyle are going to be freedom and etc that you're just not getting any nine to five yeah and I think there's that real thing of always thinking you're waiting for the right time, isn't there? And there's never going to be a right time. There's always going to be something of, oh, but the kids are not old enough or I've got to move out. So something will always be coming up. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think you've, sometimes you've just got to go, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm yeah. going. 
That's it. You've got to have enough like, right, I think it could be possible. I'm just going to go out and do that because it's not, as you say, there's never going to be the perfect time. And it's always, you know, it's like I'll save more money or I'll do this or in a couple more years want to get this. And if you keep thinking like that, it won't happen. So, yeah, give yourself the chance by thinking it's possible. I like that. A little bit of a spark there and you never know what it'll yeah. grow into. Yeah. Nice. So what's next for you? What's what's next in 2022 and, well, COVID aside and whatever? <laughs> Where are you off to? <laughs> so hopefully we'll go into plan this Alum House in February. Um, so it should be going through the next few weeks. And I just want to be free to just travel wherever I want. So I've got my eyes really set on Georgia. I love the look of Georgia. Oh, just really Central America, I love the idea of, but depending on where things are at with COVID, it might be. I've just spent a few months in the Canaries and, you know, there's worse places to go if I ended up going back there again for a few months and, you know, do that for a bit. But I'm just really looking forward to that freedom, complete freedom about where I, where I work and, yeah, where I live. So that's the main thing. I'm going to be launching a course at some point next year once I've sold my house and feel settled, just as a way to be able to reach out. So I know not everyone's ready to commit to like three months of coaching and it's a way to be able to reach out to more people. They can do a course in their own time, but building it on, yeah, over 15 years of experience of research. Plus psychology, you know, most of the reasons why we don't want to leave our nine to five are grounded in psychology, kind of like, fear of what other people think, fear of it all going wrong, fear of not having enough money. And like with some kind of principles in place, you can help to break free from those fears basically and move forward. So oh. yeah, excited. yeah, I feel excited about the year. I think it's going to be a good one. Oh yeah, I think I've been ready for it to come. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm done with 2021 now. <laughs> yeah, and it's, I mean, it's been a year of incredible highs and absolutely devastating lows, uh, you know, personal stuff, not the business. But yeah, I think I'm now at that thing of, for the first time ever, I understand the new year, new start thing. And I'm like, yeah, let's bring on January and let's ju- just crack on. And I think it's probably because I'm putting so many changes in place with the business. It's It feels like it's something that's evolving. And yeah, it's nice to to go into the new year, I think, sometimes, isn't it? Even if we don't get to, you know, actually see anyone at New Year's Eve. <laughs> it's looking likely. Oh, good grief. I've got so much great stuff lined up. And you're doing so much great stuff now. But, yeah, so many lovely things happening in 2022. So, yeah, exciting. Yeah, there will be, yeah. Well, there'll be all sorts coming your way, people. <laughs> you're not going to get rid of this mug on your face, on your <laughs> socials. Some people keep saying to me, you're everywhere. I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I see that as a good thing. Yeah, (laughs) I'm hoping so. But I still apologise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, love. (laughs) So the way I finish this off is with some quick fire end questions. So we've got three for you. So the first one being in the spirit of freelance community and being absolutely awesome and well I should say self-employed community really and being an amazing support, support to each other name a freelancer our listeners should connect with or follow uh, one of my faves is Rachel H Meltzer she don't know if you've heard of her she's Canadian no. she's a coach and a freelance writer but she currently she's broke free from a nine-to-five a couple of years ago she's currently living out of a van in Canada with an amazing cat and she's just traveling around, freelancing. She's doing, she's just an amazing human. And just her life's really, really interesting. She's kind of totally breaking away from all those expectations and living life. I mean, 
there's worse places to be than Canada, isn't there? Crikey. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing as well. See more. I went to Canada a few years back and took some girl guides. So it wasn't relaxing. <laughs> Ten teenagers with me. <laughs> and oh yeah. So I'd like to go back on my own and actually see yeah. more. <laughs> so second question, name a resource, whether it's a podcast, a book, a community, whatever it might be, that you find really helpful in escaping your nine to five or in setting up your business. Well, Oh, I've bought your book, so oh, I'm yeah. going <laughs> to finish reading it and I'll be able to give a review on that. But um, yeah. I, what I've really found useful is the, squ- the Squiggly Career book. Um, oh, yes. Helen Tupper and Sarah Ellis. I just think like it's such a useful resource for anyone that wants to kind of get 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 away from that whole career ladder of working the way up and think about alternative ways to be able to work so that one's really good and it's full of like tips and tools to be able to yeah, yeah. they've got a really good section on values and stuff as well actually yeah, coming back to what we were talking about aren't they and and there's a second book yeah. coming out soon an artist so i think i pre-ordered that the other week yeah yeah um so yeah that it, it is it is a good book i've not finished it yet actually that's another one that i must finish over christmas <laughs> I've got about 15 of them. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, you both. I, reckon, I, I agree. I recommend that one as well. Fabulous. So finally, I get you to pick a number and now it's between 1 and 28. And I'll ask you a question. It might be sensible. It might be stupid. Who knows? It depends what number you get. I'm going to go 28. 28. <laughs> okay, it's a stupid one. So someone gives you an elephant. You can't yeah. give it away or sell it. What are you going to do with it? Can't get, oh God, what did the first thing that came into my mind was eat it, I'm vegan, I don't know why I was like, poor elephant. <laughs> I definitely would not do that as the opposite no. do. What would I do with an elephant? You know what, I just lovingly adore it. I love elephants so much. I just lovingly adore it, buy it loads of bananas and we just live happily forever in some beautiful green surroundings. I mean, you're going to have trouble taking it on your travels with you. <laughs> No, it will be well travelled. will, and it, yeah, it will be really well travelled, and we'll be yeah, good friends. Imagine getting that on a plane in a massive crane. <laughs> oh goodness, you cost of travel. Oh. But I do it. I love an I love an elephant. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're keeping it. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd just. If I had to get a bigger garden or something, I'd, I'd have to do it. Can't give it away. Well, you could look after so. it when I go shuffling. I'll bring it around to yours. Yeah, yours. true. Yeah, uh, I can be foster mum. Yeah. Sorted. <laughs> We've got a plan. We've got a plan. Yeah, we've got a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So where can people find you? Where's the best place for them to connect with you? Best place would be Instagram, which is um, Nick the Freedom Coach. So at Nick the Freedom Coach, yeah. Fab. And yeah, is your new? Did you say new? But website's live now, or because it's very pretty. I'd say people go and look at it anyway for the colours and the icons and everything. Yeah, so that's, that's thefreedomcoach.com. Yeah, so just so yeah, check it out, people. I'm very jealous, and I want mine to look like that now. So yeah, <laughs> so oh, it's been amazing. Thank you very much. It's been so lovely to have you on. And uh, yeah, we've been yapping away for ages, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> we have thank you so much and um, yeah i'm excited to listen to it yeah yeah no it'd be very exciting and uh yeah there's going to be all sorts happening i think next year so no it's great to have you on board and hopefully we can collaborate on some stuff at some point and that as well with being similar oh, themes so, yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and will come back for more. Please do leave a review on your platform of choice and hit subscribe to be notified when the next episodes are available. And sign up to the Last Rung newsletter over at fallingofftheladder.com for more tips, inspiration and chats with those who have been there and tested the waters for you. If there's anyone in particular you'd like to hear on this podcast or topics discussed, do let me know and I'll see what I can do. Until next time, have a good week. <laughs>